got that hooky action. Means some A to Z is coming at you next. Hell yeah. That's what's up. What a great song it is. Like, I know I say it every podcast, but that song really is just a fucking bop. I mean, it needs to be called out, for sure. No, it's it's a top-notch song. That's a fucking banger on any day. Not not just Fridays. Any That's day right. banger, for sure. And uh, we appreciate them. Oh, absolutely. Getting into the recording studio and just making a theme song for us. Yeah. Like, they, they wrote that song for us. At the drop really, the hat. I mean, he just... Yeah. Ray's like, yeah. Yeah, I called him and I was like, Ray, I need a theme song. And he said, I got it, pal. And then he just sent me that. I, just, yeah. I was really impressed with that. He's like, you know what? I'm a drummer. I'm just going to do an intro. Yeah. And we're just gonna... Check this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are back. Get, look at this. That's fucking two weeks in a row, man. We're killing it. I think it is, yeah. It um, took me a second to realize that. but I'm, I, yeah. I'm very proud of us right now. Finally got back in the action. I know. Just has busy time too. Like it's it's a little crazy right now. Oh yeah, we just had a real. Well, you just had a real busy weekend. Yeah. Uh, with uh, our friends Megan and Corey getting married. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. Congrats. I think we called it out on the last podcast. I think so, uh, but it wasn't official. Yeah, we'll go ahead and say it now. Um, they are officially married. So now it is exceptionally weird when I sexually molest Corey at parties. So Hmm. that's kind of fun. Not really, because I mean she's your twin sister, so. It's true. Does it count like that? How do marriage licenses work? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I've, your, I've signed a few. I'm, I've read the fine print. I think that's legal now. Is your twin uh, allowed to like fondle your spouse? At least. Yeah. <laughs> if not further. But yeah, you got to take a big old uh, road trip like a teenager. I know. It felt like one on the way back. Yeah? yeah. It's like super hungover? Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, definitely... Left some vomit on the side of the interstate on Mississippi. So. That's where it, that's where it belongs. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, shout out Ruben, our other friend, and went down with him. And we were roommates, and I got enamored by it. I wanted to 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 witness the heritage of his people. So you drank a lot had, of tequila. We had a lot of tequila. Okay, that's what I thought. We had some um, Modelo. Okay. And that's actually a fairly good beer. It, it really was. I was kind of. Is it Modelo it. or Modelo? Because I've always just uh, said Modelo. Modelo. Mm. Well, well, I'm not Spanish, so what do I know? Yeah. And what was the other thing? Oh, the other thing was uh, a local, like, dark amber that we found that first night that we got there. Okay. Right on. It was really good. Called Fairhope. Never heard of it, but yeah. right it's on. It's brewed in Fairhope, Alabama. So it, I don't think it gets out much. Okay. That's fair. But it was really tasty. Cool. Yeah, no, that's the funniest thing about Ruben is that he's usually pretty good at like cutting himself off when he's getting fucked up, mm-hmm. unless you bring out tequila. That that dude will never turn down a tequila shot, and yeah. I fucking love him for it. <laughs> it it could be four a.m. He can barely keep his eyes open. He's ready to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, guys, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm like, Ruben, I got this tequila shot for you here though. And he's like, all right, I can do one more. <laughs> <laughs> I still like uh, Dos Equis, to be honest with you. Yeah? Yeah. I think that's a really good beer. It's way better than Corona. I am not a fan of Corona hmm. whatsoever. I've heard the new premiere is pretty good, though. I haven't tried it yet. I have no urge to try it because Corona is just... I've never liked it. Okay. Like With Dos Equis, you can drink that without a lime. Still a pretty good light beer. Great okay. for summer. Mm-hmm. Corona, if you don't put a lime oh, in Corona, absolutely not. it tastes like fucking feet. <laughs> it's terrible. Mm-hmm. It has kind of a skunky smell to it. It's too. incredibly skunky. That was one of the worst thing. One of the times I did uh, 
uh, Edward Forty Hands. Was with Coronas? With one Corona and one Heineken. Oh, my God. Which are probably the two skunkiest beers yeah. in the history of skunk and beer. Like, wow. Corona is... Why did you hate yourself? I don't know. Well, it was... They were in Daniel's fridge, and we had to get rid of them anyway. And mm. I was... I, I hadn't done Edward Forty Hands in a while, so I was like, okay. fuck it. You know, duck... Actually, technically, it was Edward Party Hands, because... You didn't do the duct tape? Well, the, no, I definitely did the duct tape, but oh. the Heineken was a 32 ounce. Uh, the Corona was a 40, but the Heineken was a 32. So, gotcha. technically, it was Edward Party Hands. Mm. I was eight ounces light. Pretty sure I made up on with that on tequila. Okay. But, you know... Just to be fair, I'm a I'm a rules guy. I get it. I was technically Edward Party Hands, but yeah, this was like the th- the second time, third time I had done Edward Party Hands at this point. And yeah, it was uh he had like a 32 ounce of Heineken and a 40 ounce of Corona. And I had been telling him earlier that day because he didn't know what Edward or well he knew, but he had like never seen anybody do it. I was like, oh dude, I've I've done it like twice now at this point. Like we should totally fucking do it tonight. He's like, hell yeah, because we were having you know back when we used to have parties at his uh, parents' house all the time. Oh okay, where we just get like down fucking, the basement. Yeah, down the basement, we get just fucking smash hammered. Uh, but we had those two tall boys in there. I was like, fuck it, duct tape those to my fucking hands. So we did, and I drank them both. And then I, oh my god, and then I also did like a bunch of tequila and rum and everything. I like, oof. Honestly, didn't feel that bad, which just proves yeah. how much better it is to be young and get drunk. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 27 now. I actually get hangovers. I used to never get hangovers. Never. Never. Wow. Back when I was like 20, mm-hmm. I'd drink 17 different kinds of liquor, smash beers, wake up four <laughs> hours later. Go to work. A, have a fucking waffle, go to work. Felt good. Had an ego with some peanut butter, was ready to fucking roll. Nowadays, it's like I get like 10 beers in me. And then I wake up the next morning, and if I don't have to go to work, I'm not leaving my fucking bed. I'm like, I'm chilled. Like, you guys do your fucking thing. I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to hang out here. <laughs> I do have to say, though, it actually was one of the better hangovers I've had. Yeah. Didn't have a headache. No aches and pains, really. Just a little bit of an upset stomach. It was probably just too too much of a mix. It wasn't yeah. full much like a full-on hangover. You probably just mixed a little too hard. Yeah. And that didn't even hit me until I went downstairs to try to get the... Uh, continental breakfast. <laughs> you just smelled food, and you're like, well, no, Basically, I was like, here. nope, nope, can't do that, can't do that. So I was like, I'll play it safe. I'm just going to get some cereal. So I got me a bowl of raisin bran, sat down, had one spoonful. And I was like, nope, that's not going to work. So, yeah, just kind of abandoned that and went back upstairs to our room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, slightly embarrassing, but I did get the okay to tell this if I, if I felt the need. So you're going to like this story. So... I showered and went downstairs because I wanted to get the breakfast or whatever. Right. And I was like, you know, Ruben, go ahead and do whatever you need to. And then we'll pack up and hit the road because we had to get back fairly early because he had just to work. He was doing a midnight shift whenever we got back that night, Mm. which is insane. Oh, no. He's a fucking animal. Yeah. So I get back upstairs and like I said, I just wouldn't feel. I was like, okay, I'm just going to lie back down for a bit. I'll be fine. So I'm lying down. And then all of a sudden I'm like, nope, not going to be fine. So I sit up and uh, the only trash can that's in the room is like i don't know it looks like a thimble basically right. to me because i'm just like you know i'm like no that's not gonna work no, th- there's a lot coming up here so <laughs> yeah i basically just kind of <laughs> bust my way into the bathroom i'm like reuben just stay in the shower he's like what, what? <laughs> and i i threw up for about a minute straight <laughs> into the toilet while he's taking a shower he's taking a shower yeah 
And then I was like, damn, do I flush or not? Because, you know, if you flush whenever somebody's in the shower. But then I'm like, oh, we're at a hotel. There's got to be thousands of people oh, flushing no, right no. now at the same time. And I don't want that to you know, just linger. So I was like, okay. Yeah. So that was a pretty funny story. That's pretty good. See, I, I thought it was going to be way more em- embarrassing if you had to get the okay to tell that. Oh. Like, I figured it was going to be like you came back up to the room because you skipped most of the kind of the breakfast and, like, Ruben's jerking off or something. Had, like, half a champagne I mean, he might have been. I didn't see him in the shower. Yeah, I was half a champagne away. bottle up his ass was trying to finish. Going to milk that prostate. <laughs> it's the only way to beat a hangover. It's a prostate milking. <laughs> Okay, we're going to edit that so that is actually the story. uh, Fuck yeah, yeah. that's a way better story. (laughs) Sorry, Ruben. That's fine. I mean, I actually, I might have told this story before in the podcast, but uh, I've gone down to Gulf Shores uh, for a party before, technically, where um, I I think I was just just barely turned 21. And uh, it was me, my buddy Jake, uh, our friend Suave, maybe it was Ashley. And it was like mid-February. And we had had nothing but snow for the last two weeks, I think. And we each had some fucking time to kill for work. So we took a Friday and a Monday off and decided to leave Friday morning, drive down to Gulf Shores just to see the beach and some sun and get away from snow for a little bit. Spend two days there, drive back on Sunday. It was like, fuck it, let's do it. And uh, bought a 30-pack for the road for me and Jake to drink on the way down there and for uh suave. And I mean, smashed through pretty much all 30 of those on the 12 hour drive down there. Me and Jake stayed awake the whole drive. Uh, the other two fell asleep. I, I stayed awake cause Jake was driving and I didn't want him to be the only one like, awake that. And I had beers to drink like fuck sleeping. I like <laughs> beers. So we, we were just playing a bunch of like third wave Scott music and laughing and shit like that. Get down, finally pull it into like, because you know, like we left it, because we left Friday after we got off work, so it was probably 5 o'clock. So we got down there like Saturday morning, 5 a.m. Pull in, did not even like make a reservation or anything. We were just going to go find a hotel, which okay. granted, we, we were lucky enough, we went down there in February, so the place mm. is fucking dead. There's nobody there. Yeah. Uh, pulled in, found a hotel, got a room with uh, two beds. We were like, that's fine. Like, you know, me and Jay go share. Um, suave and the girl can share like whatevs because like i was gonna sleep on the floor anyway i'm gonna get as drunk as i can i'm on the beach but as we're pulling into the parking lot like me and jake both are fighting to keep our heads like up like we're about to die get in check in get all that shit handled get in there went inside took a shower real quick just because i wanted a shower mm-hmm. had a beer had a shower beer came out I was fucking ready to party, man. Like, I wasn't even tired. So I was just like, fuck it, let's keep going. Like, went down, got some breakfast. We, we walked around a little bit, went to the uh, to the beach, bought some more beers. So I stayed up for, like, 29 hours <clears throat> from Friday to Saturday <laughs> just partying. Jesus. And this is the same night that I think I've told the story of the, uh, the voodoo bird man. Have I ever told you that story? I don't think so, man. Me and Suave, uh, it's probably, like, Nine ten o'clock at night, you know, stars are out, beautiful, sitting on the beach, mm-hmm. gorgeous. And I'm not even a big like summer tropical kind of guy, but the ocean is fucking amazing. It's, there's something about it, dude. There really is. And then like you know, there's not a lot of like street lights or anything like that, so you can see a lot of stars. Mm-hmm. And so me and Suave do what you usually do. Then is uh, we got high while we were drinking some beers. <laughs> And uh, got high as shit, waves roll in, fucking looking at the stars, just feeling like at one with the world, just super happy with everything, just think everything is fucking awesome. And there is 
now telling the story after you know two years of me and him both telling the story to each other a hundred times trying to figure out exactly what happened because we were so fucked up look down the beach and it looks like there's a guy a real skinny kind of tall guy just standing like just sort of where the waves are crashing in okay and we're like what the fuck what the fuck is that guy Looking back at it now, and after telling the story to each other a couple of times, we figured out it's, what it is is like one of those like storks or like like pelican, like whatever it is, like those, those tall ass birds that are mm-hmm. down there. Yeah, that's what it was. But we're both high as shit. I've been awake for twenty nine hours, and I've had probably thirty beers. So, and then uh, Suave's also high as fuck, and he's had probably ten beers. So we're both pretty fucked. And we're like, what the fuck is that? So we start walking towards it to see what it is and it walks away as we walk towards it so we're like what the fuck and i'm like okay it's probably just a bird like it's probably not a dude it's probably just a bird hmm. and he's like yeah man for sure definitely so we turn around and like kind of start walking like we're gonna walk back down the beach a little bit more maybe smoke another bowl and just kind of keep bringing the wave in turn around fucking bird is still following us like the the voodoo bird man is but now it looks like a bird. It looked like a man before. Now it looks like a bird. Okay. Same distance away from it, from us as it was. But so it's followed us step for step, and we're like, "What the fuck?" So we kind of stare at it a little bit, and I mean, and we are just we're so fucking blitzed out of our mind. <laughs> I'm like, this is fucked up. And so then we start sprinting, like we just start running because like there's no fucking way he'll follow us. Yeah, he's not as fast as we are. Sprint down a little bit until we're out of breath. Stop turn around now it's man again same distance away from us but still right there in the surf like the exact same distance away from us right in the exact same spot so i yell out like hey like do you need something or something like that because i thought it was a guy and it looked at us and then didn't move and so me and him are both like what the fuck so we walked over the other side of the dune to get away from the beach uh, smoked another bowl. <laughs> smoked another bowl. Come back around the dune. Now it's bird again. Still the exact same distance away from us. Follows us all the way to our fucking hotel. And we come like, we're trying to keep cool. We don't want to run to show fear. Because, you know, it's like Jurassic Park. They can smell fear. You got to be careful of shit like that. Right. So we're like trying to walk totally calm the whole time we're talking to each other in like the typical bro high speak of just like yeah bro it's fine like don't worry about it like I I got your back you got mine we're like we're we're, we're both fucking jacked yeah like, two against so one yeah we can fuck this dude up man we'll just fold him in half and shit like that and then we're also like this dude's got like some kind of fucking weird voodoo magic he can turn into a bird this makes no fucking sense <laughs> get into the hotel find the elevator somehow and. Thank God. Actually, we didn't remember our floor. I had to call Jake to remind us what floor we were on and what our room number was. Ride the elevator up and run down the hallway, crash into the fucking room like a Dave Matthews song. Just fucking freak the fuck out. And we're both like red-faced, hyperventilating. We got sand all over us. We got fucking beer on us and shit like that. I'm like, what the fuck happened? So we told that story for about 45 minutes, and we've just decided that it was just a weird voodoo bird man, like the fucking Candyman or something like that, that was following us down the fucking beach, trying to get our souls it's like the, the princess in, in the frog. It's yeah. the only way that fucking makes sense. So yeah, that's my golf store story. <laughs> Still, to this day, and I haven't seen uh, Suave in a long time, if I saw him just at a bar or something like that, and I walked up and was like, hey, 
Voodoo Birdman, he would have the exact same reaction that that I have. Just both of us just be like, fucking right. It was true. (laughs) I know it was true. We've gone back and talked about it a lot. And so our rational minds tell us that it was just probably like a bird. Probably wasn't even anything towards the end there. We were just so fucking high. We don't know what was going on. But deep down, I think there was a voodoo birdman, like a like an agent of the Crimson King following us. I'm kind of convinced. I don't know what yeah. was going on, but maybe. mostly because whenever I was on the beach, there's this bird. Oh fuck! I knew it. <laughs> he he knew you were connected to me. Yeah, yeah. You're part of my content. I knew it. He sensed the energy. Ah, oh, that son of a bitch! I'm gonna have to get down there and handle this. Yeah. Let's let's end this podcast. I gotta drive. I gotta get down to Gulf Shores and end this. Remember the face of your father. <laughs> So yeah, that's my Gulf Store story. Uh, Gulf Shore story. Gulf Shore story. Don't do drugs, kids. I'm kidding. Totally do drugs. Drugs are amazing. Some of them. I would say the majority of drugs are amazing. Mm-hmm. There's only about like six that kind of suck. And then all the other ones that suck are because you can't handle your shit. If you can handle your shit, do anything you want, man. Just don't do like meth or... Uh, What's that shit they do in, like, Brazil or whatever? Crocodile that's, like, fucking making people's skin fall off and shit like that? It's, like, I don't know. It's pretty fuck shit. Okay. But, like, the, the normal drugs, weed, mushrooms, acid, beers, <laughs> cocaine, and yeah, a small normal. amount, caffeine, nicotine, all that shit, that's cool shit, man. You should do those. Those are fun. But do them with friends. Don't do drugs alone. That's not fun. Mm. You should do drugs with friends. But don't have friends because of drugs. Does that make sense? No. Don't hang out with people just because they have drugs. Okay. Do drugs with your friends. Okay. Like how one day, somehow, I'm going to get you high. On life? No. On edibles. I'm going to get like THC gummy bears or something like that and not even tell you about it until you've had like five or six of them. And then I'll let you know. That sounds like a lot. And then we're going to hang out. I don't out. know if I need to be. It is, but it, you know, it's worth it. You're not going to OD. You're fine. No one's ever OD'd on fucking weed. You're good. Until now. No, there's no way. Because I've done a lot and I've never OD'd. Yeah, but you're small though. But yeah, I would love. Exactly. So, like, it, sh- it should kill me before it kills you. Nope. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm going to get you high one of these days. And then I'm going to record a podcast while you're high. And then I get to play you for once and just make you talk the whole time. I don't think so. I think I'll get even quieter. <laughs> You'd just be so, like, paranoid. Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this in front of me? It's a microphone. Government's going to hear everything. Do you work for the NSA? What is this? <laughs> this is... No, I work for the CTU. <laughs> I'm not talking till my lawyer gets here. <laughs> you got a warrant? <laughs> <laughs> Play some warrant. Cherry pie right now. Hell yeah. And then you eat, like, another handful of gummy bears. <laughs> <laughs> She's my cherry pie. <laughs> you just fall asleep. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad that we both have fun stories to tell about Gulf Shores now. That's good. That's a fun friendship thing for us. Yeah. And what's a fun friendship thing for all of you guys listening is the A to Z podcast. Ooh. Which is what you're listening to right now. Is it? Yes. I think so, right? You don't think they turned it off now? We didn't change it. Well, I mean, they're not going to hear it. This is like the if a, a tree falls in the forest kind of fucking question. Ooh. Which, by the way, there is an answer to that. Well, yeah, there's trees in every forest. No, if if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, if it doesn't make a sound, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, like that's scientific. Because okay. the sound is just a vibration in the air unless it's heard by something. So it's well, not. There's got to be something in that forest. It's not just an empty forest. Well, yeah, but it says if there's nothing around to hear it, doesn't make a sound. If there's nothing to hear it, then it's not a sound. Hmm. 
So, I mean, you know, I'm just saying. But yeah, this is the Agency Podcast. Thanks again for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Love you. Sorry we uh, rambled off a little there. Also, <laughs> Giants. Yeah, sorry. You're not uh, sorry at all. No, I am. I, I, I fucking love it. Uh, another giant congratulations to my 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 twin sister and uh, one of the best brother-in-laws I could ever ask for, Megan and Corey. Love you guys so much. Congratulations. Uh, one of the best looking couples that we know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're fucking, they're, they're both just straight up dime pieces. So that kid is going to be like a, a, a quarter for sure. You know what I mean? 25 cent piece for sure. But yeah, congratulations guys. We're all happy for you. Uh, sorry, I couldn't make it, but I was house sitting and watching your dog. So I guess it's fair. And by that, I mean, I was drinking your beers and watching Letter Kenny while your dogs were outside taking a shit. So, <laughs> really, Priorities. Really, I didn't do much. But, okay. <laughs> but yeah, this is the A to Z show. Yeah, that's us. You were sitting here with us. Uh, they're not really. I mean, they're sitting. I would just. Oh, actually, I guess they're not. Yeah, I could be like running. On yeah, a no, that's that's pretty like 50-50. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, we have with us America's sweetheart Andrew. He is our A. And we have uh, America's failed comedian Zach. I am the Z. We are so happy to have you we with us. We are the Z, we are the Z, we are the Z, we are the Z. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jack Black has stolen anything that ever would have been funny for me. <laughs> he has already done it, so I'm kind of fucked. Yeah. What's that, a, a, a chubby white guy who likes heavy metal, can sing f- somewhat well, and is funny and smokes weed? Yep, already done it. Uh, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Zach. Well, maybe when Jack Black dies, we'll be able to do something. Like, but he's only like 15 years older yeah. than me. Fuck. He just came around a little bit too late, buddy. Yeah, pretty much. Or maybe I just should have been more talented. I think is how I look at it. Mm. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you can't blame yourself like that <laughs> for not being talented. Definitely... I can definitely yeah. blame myself for not being talented. I don't think that so. That is one hundred percent my nope. fault. But uh, yeah, we're the A to Z podcast. Uh, for any of you first time listeners, the A to Z show. sorry. <laughs> We're not the show yet until we get our YouTube channel going. Then we can be the A to Z show. Well, it is the A to Z show, but it's it's a podcast for right now. But, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, guys. We always uh, talk about pop culture, comics, movies, uh, TV shows, fun shit like that. Those are things, yeah. Uh, Do our best to make some decent points and, more importantly, be funny. And enraged. Usually uh, fail at both of those. Usually pretty good at getting mad. Yeah. Not bad at that. Yeah. Last few episodes, you've been pretty good at it. I've had a lot of shit to be mad about, so it makes sense. I've been justified. My rage was justified. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, what do you think? It's about time to get into some topics? We you got anything so? else to talk about? I don't think so. Okay. This whole podcast every week thing is kind of, you know, limiting our rambling at the beginning. Yeah, it makes it easier for you. It does. Now you just cut out the first 15 minutes and you got a podcast, Boom. you're all set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's do our uh, break and we'll get into some topics afterwards. Does that sound good? Break it down. All right, let's do it. Moving to movie news, which is actually a follow-up to last week. I did hear correctly. So this is the Clerks 3 article. Okay. And uh, it is going to be Randall who's going to have the heart attack in the movie. Yeah, okay. Oh, really? Yeah. That surprises me. Yeah. Okay. We were thinking Dante because we, of the uh, Kevin Smith yeah, well, avatar kind of thing. Yeah, but, like Dante was always kind of his avatar, at least in the yeah. first Clerks movie, right. for sure. I guess in but, Clerks 2, Randall was a little bit more of his avatar because he does his fucking uh, uh, bit on the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Right. So. And it makes more sense whenever you read ahead here, too. So go ahead and 
So this is uh, from the Kevin Smith interview. He's out promoting the James and the Bob reboot. Yeah, right he's, now, he's, which he's we're going to see in a few weeks. Oh, yeah, man. We're getting close to that. I can't fucking wait. Love Kevin Smith. Yep. Uh, Randall has a heart attack, decides that he came so close to death, and his life has meant nothing. There's nobody to memorialize him. He has no family or anything like that, Smith explained. And in recovery, while under fentanyl, <laughs> nice, he comes to the conclusion at midlife, having almost died, having worked in a movie store his whole life and watched other people's movies, he tells Dante, I think we need to make a movie. So Dante and Randall make Clerks. That's the story of Clerks 3. Okay. How cool is that? Fuck yeah, Kev. I mean, just, that's awesome. So that makes sense now, giving it to Randall. Okay, mm. yeah. Now I can see it. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised because I assumed it was going to be Dante just because... At least in the first Clerks, and I think Kevin would uh, agree with me on this. Dante was his kind of avatar. I think so. So, kind of want to pause the game just to watch the Clerks Red Band tra- or the uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot Red Band trailer again. <laughs> <laughs> no, this looks awesome, man. Mm-hmm. I can't fucking wait. So, yeah, he goes on to explain that Clerks was released in '94. Uh, the plot was based about his life in, the, in his twenties. The sequel in 2006 went on to reflect his thirties. And following a similar pattern, the third film was supposed to represent him through his, in his 40s through to death. But after a live reading of the script this past summer, he decided that the story was too much of a tearjerker. Oh. So that's a pretty good quote here, too. If you want to read. Yeah, a quote from Kevin. Uh, that was a movie that was written by a guy who was obsessed with middle-aged and dying. And it was all about death, uh, he said about the original script for Clerks 3. And that was before I almost died. Then I almost died, and now I don't really want to talk about that shit. <laughs> I've been too close. Now I, I just want to do life-affirming things. The tone is going to shift completely. I owe these guys, those characters, Dante and Randall, a lot more than the kind of doom and gloom I was about to put them through. I love that script, and I loved reading it, but there wasn't a dry eye in the house for the last 15 pages. Okay. Damn, man. I fucking love it. Too. That's one of the most Kevin things ever I've ever read in my life. It's just as a huge Kevin Smith fan, where it's just like, I mean, it's good, but it's kind of sad, and I've just been sad. So fuck that. Let's make a happy movie. <laughs> like I'm gonna rewrite this whole motherfucker. I'm gonna make it happy. Like, I'm gonna be hanging out with my friends. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like suck my dick. Let's let's have a good time. <laughs> one of my favorite movie creators of all time, Kevin oh, Smith. Yeah. Love him. Also, just one of the greatest people to just ever exist mm. in this world. Oh, wait. It does go on for another thing too. Yeah. We got some more here? Uh, yeah. Smith is currently working on the new script, which will see the return of original cast members Jason Mewes, Brian O'Halloran, and Jeff Anderson. Nice. Who, for some portion of the film, may appear in black and white uh, as opposed to color to replicate the style of 94's Clerks for the movie within a movie scenes. How cool is that? Hell yeah. I'm so happy about that. I always love one of my favorite things he's ever said, because I mean, I've watched every one of his like uh, Q&As he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite things he's ever said is he's talking about one of the reviews for Clerks that he saw because Clerks got him a lot of fucking uh, attention. It was a, oh, absolutely. it was a well loved independent film, mm-hmm. and somebody talked about uh, said in the interview that they were like the fact that it's it's shot in black and white. It feels like it's the security cameras of the quick stop that they're in, and so it's almost like you're there in real life. He's like that's such a great choice that he made, and then Kevin in the Q and A was like. Yeah, I made that choice because it was way cheaper to make it in black and white than it was in fucking color. (laughs) (laughs) And if that's not the most Kevin Smith thing ever, I'm just like, it looks so artistic. You're like, yeah, no, fuck that. It was just way too fucking expensive, bro. I I had 17 credit cards to pay off. (laughs) Fucking nothing going on, man. What else was I supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, though. I 
I'm I'm actually kind of happy to see Clerks three take like a more happy ending. Mm-hmm. Like and you know and it 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 makes sense with his life journey because you've we've seen him in the last 10, 15 years now. Not even just talking about like with his you know with his uh, heart attack last year like that whole for the last ten years I would say he's been kind of on an upward path of he sort of realized that he wasn't going to fit into whatever Hollywood wanted. Mm-hmm. And then he came to terms with that and was just like, I've got fans. I've got people who love me. I enjoy doing what I'm doing. I'm making a shit ton of money. i got a fucking, you know, an awesome daughter, a hot-ass wife. Like, fuck it. Let's not be sad about it. And then he just kind of just did what he wanted to do. I was mm-hmm. just like, fuck it. Let's have fun. So it's fun to see clerks take that exact same path. I was just like, let's have some fun instead. Like, fuck this noise. Yeah. So that's awesome. Cannot wait to see it. Have you seen the Doctor Sleep posters yet? I haven't seen the posters, no. Okay. You're about to be I'm amazed. so excited. I actually just finished this book earlier today. Nice. Yeah, I'm getting ready to reread it starting this weekend. Because it's coming out soon, November 8th. But, yeah, both of these posters I definitely want on my basement wall here soon. So, first one, going classic red. Ooh. Oh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. So they're really emphasizing that it's Stephen King's Dr. Sleep. Right. Which I was wondering if they would do, because Dr. Sleep doesn't mean anything unless you're a Stephen King fan. You don't know that that has anything to do with The Shining. Yeah. Like, you look at the poster, you're going to see, you know, okay, that's kind of The Shining, but not bringing in Stephen King's name to it. I love the tagline, there to go back. Nice. So, yeah, that one's got little Danny running, riding down the hallway, and you and McGregor walking back down the hallway facing him. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That is a really good fucking poster. Yeah, it and it's and it's all red too, yeah. which is fucking fantastic. Oh yeah. And then the alternate poster is still pretty good too. So let's see what you think of this one. Oh, that is fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's all yellow, and mm-hmm. it's got like the tear out on the side of, and it's part of Ewan McGregor's face, and it looks exactly like Jack Nicholson's face whenever he's pit, he's you know. After he's put the axe through the bedroom or the bathroom window in The Shining, which that's kind of fun because that's actually given a throwback to the movie, which they're not going to do much of in the movie. Right. Because The Shining movie and The Shining book are so different. It's not not even funny. You couldn't make Dr. Sleep from the movie. Yeah. So that is a fucking fan. I love that poster, though. That is amazing. Yeah. I was like, both of these are just top notch. I loved it. No, that's fucking top notch. I cannot fucking wait. Yeah, I, I literally just finished this this uh, book, Doctor Sleep, yeah. technically for the second time because I mm. I did read it before. I can say how was it on the reread? Great, okay. fucking like I liked it even more because I was catching like little shit. See, I was mm. smart because I read The Shining because I, I went back and reread the whole Shining and okay. then went straight into to Doctor Sleep. There was okay, no nice. like break in between them, mm-hmm. and that's way better because then you catch like little shit and it's kind of fun. Okay, nice. But yeah, that is awesome. I fucking cannot wait for this movie. The trailers for this have been out of this world, by the way. Just fucking mind-blowing. And even Ewan McGregor's uh, American accent isn't that bad either. Mm -hmm. Which is surprising, because usually he has kind of a shit American accent. I've seen him do it a couple times. (laughs) This one looks good. I I, I can't fucking wait for this movie, man. I can really buy him as Danny also. As soon as that casting was announced, I was like, yeah. yeah, No, no, no. I I definitely saw that before. And I liked the kind of making him scruffy, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and they kept him skinny, which is like it's called out in the book all the time about like Dan being like skinny as shit and stuff like that. Mm hmm. I wonder how deep they get into his shit, like before he gets into the AA meetings and, mm-hmm. and stuff, like before he becomes Doctor Sleep. Right. I wonder how deep they go into that. I'm really curious about that. I mean, and then I wonder how, in the timeline, they'll put it. 
Because, I mean, it's a, it's a Stephen King novel. So, like always, there's six different timelines going on at the same time and things mm-hmm. are going back and forth all the time. I wonder how they do it for the movie. I'm a little curious. I'm really looking forward to it, though. I, I, I think this movie's going to be good as shit. Moving to some comic movie news. The director of Venom was interviewed over the weekend. And they asked him about, you know, handing the reins over to Andy Serkis for Venom 2. And he mentioned that Andy is looking to uh, add Tom Holland's Spider-Man into the mix. Oh, yeah? So we're going to get a little Tom Holland, Tom Hardy there. Okay. So we're going to actually get a Spider-Man Venom, like, possibly well-done movie? It's possible. That, By the way, I want to point out, I know we all make fun of the Venom and Spider-Man 3 with the mm-hmm. Sam Raimi trilogy, which is the best trilogy of uh, superhero movies ever made. It is. It is not Raimi's fault. That that was not well done. They forced him to put Venom in there. He did not want to put Venom in there. They forced him to so they could sell more fucking toys. Raimi did the best with what he had because he's one of the greatest directors of all time. So yeah, so we're gonna we possibly might get a Spider-Man Venom uh, movie. Which I mean, I kind of feel almost the same way about Venom as I do about like what we talked about with the Joker last episode, where it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of hard to have a Joker movie without Batman. It's kind of hard to have a Venom movie without at least Spider-Man being mentioned. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It sort of yeah. takes a little bit away. It, it had to feel a little hollow, yeah. I still haven't seen the original one yet. But... It, it's, I've, I watched it one time, and I'm still kind of torn on how I feel about it. Like, yeah. there are parts that I liked, and there were other parts where I was like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, I still and need I, to give it a chance soon. So. There's, there's also parts, and go in with a low expectations, and I think you'll like it. Because okay. I went in expecting to hate it. Which is probably why I'm so torn on it, because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. There are definitely parts, though, watching that movie where you can tell that the fucking uh, the the money people got involved. So there's like less shit than you would expect. Mm. Or like he's not like as he's not in the Venom suit, I guess is the best way to put it. Although technically it's not a suit. It's a symbiote. Yeah. I know, nerds. Relax. <laughs> Where like he he's instead just has like tendrils flying out of his body, but he's not changed just because the CGI was too expensive. Just have him as Venom the whole time, mm-hmm. so you can see some shit like that. Where like you can tell the fucking money makers were cutting corners, yeah. yeah, and you're kind of like, ah, like you're sacrificing story to hopefully make a little bit more money. So I don't, I'm still pretty. I might have to give this movie a rewatch because I'm still pretty torn on it. I've, I I watched it once, and the whole time, like I think Emma was at work. I had the day off work. And I was watching that. And I think the whole time I was texting her, like, to get a text message every five minutes of, like, this movie's fucking stupid. I don't know why I'm watching it. Like, five minutes, I'd be like, oh, that was kind of fun. Like, this is this really cool part. Like, I was just <laughs> going back and forth the whole time on the on the film. So I'm pretty torn on it. I would like it to be good. Venom is one of the better Spider-Man villains out there. Absolutely. And also just a great comic book character in general. And uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what they do. I I hope they don't just do the easy route and just make him the villain. I hope they kind of walk that line of doing the whole uh, the, the vigilante stuff. Yeah, like the lethal uh, Avenger, or whatever the fuck he was. Or what, what was it? Uh, lethal protector. The lethal protector. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, doing like the lethal protector kind of walk a little bit of that gray line because that would work well with Tom Holland being such a fucking Boy Scout of a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Not anything bad about Tom Holland. Oh, no, no, no. I think he's doing a fine job. <clears throat> Although it will be weird for the age difference if they put him in the same movie. Yeah. With Tom Holland being like 19 and Tom Hardy being like 35. <laughs> That's going to be weird to not say. It, 
It's literally the same thing I was just talking about with the Joker last week. <laughs> is it where it's just like, yeah, one of them is fucking, you know, 25 and the other one's 80. This is It makes a story odd. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But then, then again, good a good writer and a director who gives a fuck, you can make anything work. I'm going to give it a meh. I'd rather just have a end of the Spider-Verse, too. That would be great. Well, that's just me. Yeah. And I know you already know this news, obviously, mm-hmm. but I uh, had to bring it up to podcast about it. I think it's pretty good news. We got some more uh, casting news for the Batman. Yep. And this one is Zoe Kravitz. It's going to be Selena Kyle. Yep. They're saying Catwoman, but they don't actually mention Catwoman. So Yeah. And they even mentioned the article that it's supposed to be, looks like now, a trilogy. So it, it might not, you know, it might okay, be a while before sure. we get to Catwoman. Yeah, well, when the first movie bombs, I don't think we're going to get anything, so don't worry about it. Okay. I'm so, not looking forward to this movie. I don't think the the Batman is going to be very good. You're not a Zoe Kravitz fan? No, I like Zoe Kravitz. Okay. I just don't think this movie is going to be good. Gotcha. I think casting another young twink actor and doing another origin story of the Batman is a mistake. Hmm. I think let's go into the... Let's jump straight into, like, Batman's already Batman kind of thing. We don't need, need to do Batman Year One every time we do a Batman movie. That's fair. People know Batman well enough, especially at this point, even the normal moviegoer knows Batman well enough that you can jump like mid-career, have him be already the the Dark Knight. There's already a bat signal. He's already got the cave. He's already got like a lot of his gadgets. Mm-hmm. You can jump straight into that. You don't have to go back to the fucking origin, to the year one. But we all know this movie is going to jump right back into fucking year one. Yeah, the other news was they cast a Riddler today. And Paul Dano is going to play that part. Okay. Which originally they were circling uh, Jonah Hill, apparently. Yeah. He way. turned it down. He said he didn't want to do it. Good. That means the the fucking script sucks. <laughs> I don't. I mean, are they casting a movie or a CW show? What is like? It's just a bunch <laughs> of fucking young little like young pretty actors. Like, He's and not I, that young. And I think the fucking writing is. He's got a baby face. Just as good. And then, and how many fucking villains have they cast at this point? Now, like seven. Mm, I don't think there's these two, right? Well, is Selena Kyle going to be a villain? Yeah, we don't know. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, it's so different. So yeah, Dan Owen joins uh, Zoe Kravitz, Jeffrey Wright is going to be Commissioner Gordon. Oh, okay. And then Pattinson. Those are the only ones I've got oh, okay. so far. Okay, that's fine. I don't know. I just, I would really like uh, the Scarecrow to get a better cinematic. Uh, chance because I feel like in Batman Begins he didn't get much to be like he was really only the scarecrow in finger quotes for like the last 20 minutes of that movie that's fair and I think the scarecrow really opens you up to a good set like a good cinematic experience you get to do crazy shit hmm. uh, some of the other lesser Batman villains that would be good um, Killer Croc hmm. could be fun they'd have to CGI everything though like that's gonna you can put him in an actual suit. That way it doesn't age terribly. Uh, uh, let's see. Who else would be kind of fun? Honestly, I think a a Hush movie, like a live-action Hush, I think that would be kind of cool. Firefly would be a little meh. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could do fun with him. Maybe do Penguin well. Not have him be like a diseased mutant that Tim Burton spit out of his brain. <laughs> do like a fun, like British, like gangster, like Jason Statham kind of guy almost. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of fun. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else? Doctor Pig. That'd be kind of fun. 
Now you're digging. You're digging deep. That's not that deep. That was an Arkham Knight. It would be hard to do now because everyone's going to think of the uh, Joel Schumacher movies. I think Poison Ivy could be a really good cinematic villain for a Batman movie. It has been a while. And I think uh, I actually saw this like it was a like a fan casting kind of thing on the yeah. on the Batman subreddit, but I really liked it. It was uh, Emma Stone mm. as um, yeah, I'm kinda Poison that. Ivy, and they kind of did like that. Here, let me. We don't need to give her Bane. Like... No, well, she never has Bane anyway. <laughs> that was just in this fucking Schumacher. That's thing. what I'm saying. Though. Like if they no no just do a Poison Ivy. Yeah. But yeah, some someone did this like fan casting photo for it. And I just thought that, like, I was like, yeah, that would fucking work. Yeah. And then she's a good enough actress that, like, she could do the, you, you could even do, like, the transformation thing where she's, you know, she's the uh, Pamela Isley. She's, you know, uh, kind of nerdy and uh, shy and stuff like that. And then she becomes Poison Ivy and she gets to be, like, the little sexy bombshell kind of thing. Nice. So I just think that would be fun. But, yeah, anyway. I don't know. The Batman's coming out in fucking five years. It'll bomb and no one's going to see it. I'll go see it, but whatever. Robert Pattinson's going to be a shitty Batman and we all know it. Next so, topic. <laughs> the next one I thought is uh, pretty funny, actually, because we were just mentioning again the uh, the, toll, the toll line, the hotline to see if uh, Jason Todd loser dies. Right, yeah. We were just talking about They apparently recreated that now with the Titans season two. Uh, did, did they tweet it out? They did. and uh, oh, Okay. They are actually apparently <clears throat> sticking with it on there too. Give me there. Why an episode, does everyone fucking hate Jason? There's an episode where they leave it up at the end. It's kind of a cliffhanger whether or not Jason Todd is uh, dead or not, and they uh, apparently filmed two different versions of it. And they I mean, were gonna, I re- they, they left it up to the that, fans guess, but... to see if uh, Jason why, lives or dies. Why am I the only one who likes Jason Todd? Is it just me? <laughs> By the way, pretty close fucking votes here. By the way, fifty one percent dies, forty nine percent lives. That's mm-hmm. It's pretty close. Yeah. With what, uh, almost 40,000 votes total? Yeah. Why am I the only one who likes Jason Todd? I don't get it. <laughs> I'm fine with him dying if they'll do a Red Hood story. Because yeah. Red Hood is one of my favorite characters. I think Red Hood is a fucking fantastic story. And just amazing. And also, if you guys are on the DC Universe, uh, make sure to watch Into the Red Hood, the animated series. It's fucking amazing. But yeah, wait, is it just me? Am am I weird? I think so. I'm like the only Batman fan who likes Jason Todd. I don't I don't fucking get it. And I like Dick Grayson better as Nightwing than I do as Robin. Yeah. Honest with you. yeah. Hmm. And then Tim Drake is a I mean, he's a great just everything. That's the red Robin. He's just fun. He's he's the one guy who like realized what being Robin was. There wasn't like an attitude with him. Like they got away from the uh Let's be a teenager and angsty. He was just like, yeah, no, fucking, like, that was the whole thing of, like, why he became Robin, was that, uh, you know, it was after Jason had died, and Batman's going, like, way more violent and snapping fucking legs and shit, and then Tim, being a fucking fantastic detective that he is, Mm -hmm. figures out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, calls him out on it, goes to him and is like, look, Batman needs a Robin. There needs to be a soft side so people can still believe in you. If you're if you're just fear, then the normal people can't root for you. And what you need to be is fear and hope. Like, you need to be fear for the villains and hope for the, you know, the real people. And so that's how he becomes Robin. And he is Robin for the longest amount of time. Is he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damien's kind of fun, too, actually. Yeah. But that's... that's that's getting into some fucking deep shit there. Yeah, if you yeah. get into Damien, <laughs> this is fucking Robin. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, and uh, uh, Carrie Kelly. Yeah, 
She's awesome, too. Transition to some video game news with that Outer Worlds coming up soon. Word. This article really kind of spoke to me, and I was like, yeah, this is this is a good uh, PSA for Zach, <laughs> because uh, the title of the article is, uh, you're going to spend way too long making a character in the Outer Worlds. Excellent. Which is just tailor-made for you, because you spend way too much time in character creators anyway. That is true. And uh, this one is just going to be insane. I try to make them look like me. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but I mean, they just, it goes so deep. So if you want to read through this, I'll give you kind of an uh, idea what you're going to be into. Give me a little. Okay. Attributes go the furthest toward defining a character. You'll start with six points to allocate between strength, dexterity, intelligence, perception, charm, and temperament. That is almost the exact same thing they did for New, New Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, this is uh, Obsidian though, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, sure is. Uh, lowering any stat from the baseline of average adds another point you can spend elsewhere. Same thing they had. Mm-hmm. Obsidian notes that temperament governs health regeneration, making it one of the most important attributes. Moving that to below average takes away passive health regeneration, which means that the whole run will have more of a survival feel because you have to actively heal yourself. Fun little challenge. These guys are so fucking amazing game creators. They made New Vegas and Knights of the Old Republic too. Obsidian has taken an interesting approach to skills. The skills are lumped into groups of two or three. And they all increase whenever you spend a single point in a given category. Oh, okay. For instance, the dialogue folder... That is not how dialogue is spelled. Folder contains persuade, lie, and intimidate. Allocating one point in dialogue raises all those skills by 10. Oh. After they hit 50, you can add points directly to the subcategories. Oh, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Also, getting ranged up to 20 right off the bat is a fantastic idea because that unlocks tactical time dilation. That ability that slows down time and allows you to target specific spots on an enemy. So it's VATS. Basically, yeah. Gotcha. Right Mm -hmm. on. The third category of stats is more of a joke than a serious attempt at defining your character. Aptitude gives the most minor of bonuses towards some skill, and Obsidian says they exist to encourage the player to kind of get a sense of the sense of humor we have in this game. They are good at sense of humor. That's one of the best perks to ever take in the beginning. For everyone who hasn't played New New Vegas a lot, the one of the best perks to ever take, especially in the very beginning of the game, Wild what? Wild Wasteland. Yeah, it's the best. You get all these like fun little jokes and shit. One of the best jokes they have for it is right outside the first uh, town that you wake up in, you can find a uh, refrigerator with a skeleton in it and a suave gambler's hat, which is Indiana Jones's hat. Nice. So it's, they were making fun of the Indiana <laughs> Jones movie. Finally, there's the actual task of creating what your character looks like. Good luck. <laughs> Having hit the randomize button a few times, the interviewer calls all the results a horror show. <laughs> They're weird-looking folks for sure, but by really digging into all the different face, hair, and scar, and dirt patterns, maybe you can make a hero who looks like they're capable of toppling intergalactic space corporations. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make so, yeah. them look like me. Exactly. So I know how deep you are to get into the character creation, and then you're going to be trying to figure out which way you want to put all your skills off the bat. So. Oh, I'm going to be a gunslinger. Um, just pistols all day. A lot of persuade, because I'm charming as fuck. Mm-hmm. Blonde hair, blue eyes, nice beard. Probably a scar. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, I can't wait. Yep. It's October 28th for that one. Fuck. I got to save, save some money because I'm pretty sure the Fallen Order comes out around then, too. <laughs> the new fucking Star Wars game that I'm looking forward to as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a week later, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> God damn it. it. Sucks having bills. No, I, I yeah. can't wait. I just love anything by uh, City. I mean, New Vegas right. is my favorite Fallout game by far. 
this looks like they're really fucking trying and they're finally getting back to their roots of making the kind of games they used to make. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to this. And uh, the fact that the original Night Seal Republic 2 sucked was not Obsidian's fault. I want to point that out to everybody. Uh, it was rushed out because Night Seal Republic, the first one, won Game of the Year, was a giantly loved game. As well it should be. It's a fucking amazing game. And also, you can buy it on the App Store on iPhone. Yeah. So I have that, which is fun for me. But if you're going to play Night Seal Republic 2, get it on Steam. Uh, pretty much anybody's computer can run that. It's from the Xbox. And then download, it's a free mod, it's the Restored Content mod. A bunch of fans of the game went in, found all the stuff that Obsidian was going to put in, but had to like hide, because they had to rush the game out for holiday season, and just put it all back in there. So you get to play all of that. So you, oh, you, you, you get it all. And it doesn't glitch out or anything? Nope, not at all. Oh. I have had no problems with it, I've ran it on my laptop at home. Yeah, get that one, and I think there's a if you have a really nice computer, you can get the there, there's an HD mod for it too, where like everything kind of like gets a little smoother. Yeah, like a little bit smoother, make makes everything look good. Play it though; it's fucking amazing. But if you, if you're gonna play that, play the first one first. Okay. Because the story of Knights of Republic Two is picks really up where that one leaves off. It, it's really tied in. It doesn't pick up where it's it's left off. It's kind of an offshoot, but it's super tied into the first one. So if you don't okay. play the first one. You're going to be fucking confused and have no idea what's going on. Have no emotional connection to anybody. Gotcha. Play them both is what you should do. But yeah, Outer Worlds. Can't wait. Obsidian, love you. You're the best. The last topic I had is something you already brought up, reminding me that Watchmen is going to be starting on Sunday. True. And uh, one of those news sites I read, The Ringer, they do a bunch of different uh, it's a very articles website. on pop culture and stuff. Yeah. I enjoy it. But... This is towards the end of a article that they had on basically prognosticating whether it's going to be a good series or not. Mm-hmm. I thought this was kind of a neat little take on it, so if you want to just read it. Ten years on, the Watchmen movie is best remembered for its ultra-lewid fixation on Rorschach. Fair. Mm-hmm. It's basically a 130-odd million-dollar excuse to film the You're Locked in Here with Me scene. Oh, wait, let me say that correctly. <laughs> You're locked in here with me <laughs> scene. Mm-hmm. Rereading the comics now, he is definitely the most uh, relatable character in the dystopian age of superior fatigue and grim reboot overload. (laughs) (laughs) The graphic novel begins with an excerpt from his diary, which reads, Dog carcass in alley this morning. Tire tread on burst stomach. This city is afraid of me. I have seen its true face. (laughs) Sound familiar? Sound fun? To describe yourself as rooting for anyone in this universe is perverse. That is true. That's the best part about uh, Watchmen. But Rorschach is an admirably precise shade of deplorable. And a TV show devoted to the idea that treating him like a hero automatically turns you into a villain shows more promise on paper than most attempts to bolster the Watchmen canon. That's fair. Yeah, it is. In a 2019 landscape menaced by outright horrific superhero movies, see Joker or Brightburn. Thank you ringer keep going thank you or maybe don't <laughs> that's hilarious yeah i need all that thank you ringer and stylishly cynical deconstructions like the amazon prime series the boys fucking fantastic series by the way guys i don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast yet or not i think we brought it up a couple times but uh, maybe not since i finished it seriously if you guys have not watched the boys yet you're fucking missing out watch it it is it's smart, it's funny, it doesn't take itself too too seriously, it's shot exceptionally well, and it's acted fantastically. The writing is superb. It mm. is 
almost a perfect series. Yeah. It's fucking fantastic. They get it. They know what's going on. It is almost perfect. Uh, Rorschach's voice is most definitely the loudest in the room. Overwhelmingly for ill. <laughs> Though that sort of nausea can be effectively weaponized. Not by Zack Snyder, certainly, but possibly by Regina King. I kind of like the Watchmen movie, to be honest with you. I did too. I, I liked it more than this guy did, apparently. But yeah. I mean, I can understand. Like, uh, I mean, this whole thing of like Rorschach is the worst guy to root for, that's not the point. Really, the comedian is the worst guy you could root for. Yeah. He's a rapist who uh, assassinates alleged, people for the government. Alleged rapist. No, the rape really happened, and then it, she just kept coming back afterwards. <laughs> he also shot JFK. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, let's let, let's make Rorschach the one. Rorschach is just mentally ill and an idiot. Uh, the original graphic novel is a bracing reminder that HBO's Watchmen is a slap in the face, just like all the threatened adaptations and reimaginings that have come before it. Fuck you guys, I'm doing it anyway, is how Lindelof Mm -hmm. describes his new philosophy, citing Moore, of course, as his inspiration for that, too. That is true. Alan Moore doesn't give a fuck about anybody. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Except for his snake god. Spoilers are an arcane notion for a story this old and hard-coded into the global superhero consciousness, but let's just say the graphic novel climaxes with our none-too-surprising supervillain reclining in a secret lair and staring at a giant bank of television screens which is what supervillains used to do back before Twitter came along and everybody started doing the online equivalent of that all day, every day. <laughs> that, now, to be fair, I think I like the graphic novel Watchmen more than this guy for sure. Because <laughs> that is a gross oversimplification of the ending of Watchmen. Because really, who is the main villain at that point? Because technically... I mean, I think yeah. we can fucking uh, oh, yeah. spoil this. I mean, technically, Viet and Dr. Manhattan are both the main villains. That's literally the whole point of the novel, mm-hmm. is that uh, Viet did the wrong thing for the right reasons, and then Manhattan does the right thing for the wrong... Or, or the wrong, wrong yeah, thing for, yeah, yeah, the right thing for the wrong reasons, like that kind of thing, where it's supposed to be kind of a morally ambiguous gray area that you question. Which is why Rorschach has to die, because his whole thing is no compromise, black or white. That's why he likes his mask so much, because mm-hmm. the black and the white never mix. Yeah, there's no gray. It's just... And, and also, if, if anyone reads into that like racial fucking bullshit, you can go suck my cock, by the way. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen in this show. Yeah. And I'm hoping it doesn't, because the trailers have looked really good. So, I'm thinking this guy is not a fan of comics and read The Watchmen. I need information... He grows information in its most concentrated form. That's Watchmen. What you do with that information says a lot about whether you're the hero or the villain. The HBO show might be great, but the right thing to do, from Moore's point of view anyway, will always be nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we talked about this earlier. Alan Moore. They had a pretty good quote from him. Oh, here we go. You want to read it? Yeah. There's something about the quality of comics that makes things possible that you couldn't do in any other medium, Alan Moore says, with just a hint of the exasperated school teacher. <laughs> things that we did in Watchmen on paper could be frankly horrible or sensationalist or unpleasant if you were to interpret them literally through the medium of cinema. When it's just lines on paper, the reader is in control of the experience. It's a tableau vivant, and that gives it the necessary distance. It's not the same when you're being dragged through it at 24 frames per second. I mean, and I agree with that. And, I mean, I'm never going to disagree with Alan Moore. He's written, I don't know, maybe 
six of ten of my favorite comics ever. <laughs> so I mean, he's like he's basically my fucking you know prophet. Yeah. But I can kind of understand where he's coming from. Oh, this is from Lindelof. An interest in him to write a Watchmen appropriation that itself involves the far-right appropriation of one of Watchmen's main character. I can think of a few people who are probably way less psyched about it. Yeah, I'm a little less psyched about it. You shouldn't... The Watch... Like, Rorschach wasn't a racist. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't... I mean... Yeah, that's what he was. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, in the TV show, he appears to have inspired a white supremacist death cult, which also, unfortunately, tracks somewhat with his character in the comics. No, it fucking doesn't. Rorschach mentions race literally zero times in the entire comic of The Watchmen. You have just only read maybe three comics your whole fucking life and just watch movies and you suck. Anyway, sorry. That just shit like that irritates me when people put their own shit into stories that like it's clearly not supposed to be in there. I mean, granted, you can have that. That's part of what a story is, is that you fill it. It's, it's kind of an empty vessel and you fill it with like what you want it to fill. It's true. Yeah. However, you shouldn't speak of what you filled the story with as if it's uh, fact. Yeah, that's not canon. You should be like, this is how I looked at it. And be like, okay, well, I can see how you could you know, feel that. But I mean, I don't really think that's where it's going. Because here's how I looked at it. And then both of our viewpoints are valid. We just disagree with each other. One of us is not a fucking idiot. The other one's not a Nazi. We're just kind of like disagreeing on a... In the end, a fucking child's book. So let's all calm the fuck down anyway. I have to tell myself that constantly when I'm yelling about Batman. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. I guess could be good i'm I'm really hoping the show is good the trailers have been out of this world i think i did mention on the podcast where i said like it did look a little bit like they were kind of running like a kkk white supremacist cult there for mm-hmm. uh rorschach and i was i believe i said i really hope that doesn't turn into that because that'd be kind of a bummer mm-hmm. and granted maybe it won't right <clears throat> and to be fair they've only released two episodes to the true and this critics, guy so. writing this uh article clearly already has like a preconceived notion of what he wants to say anyway mm-hmm. nothing against this i'm not saying he's a shitty writer but right, he's, right. he's clearly got his own uh opinion he wanted to put out anyway yeah and then uh there was a counterpoint that i was going to bring up too but no i was going to point out that uh alan moore i don't think has ever liked any adaptation of any of his uh work mm-hmm. and i mean i'm talking out of my ass here but i'm almost positive that alan moore hasn't liked anything being made that he has made like he's not been a fan oh in praise of Zack Snyder's yeah, watch this, this is the counterpoint else. article to that other guy so okay that's what I was trying to get the two sides of it but I, I, I should have said that before I started oh I got you you know because I'm a I'm actually I'm a pretty big fan of the Watchmen movie I think it's fairly good and I'm a huge fan of the Watchmen comic oh yeah the comic is obviously better you get way more of a story you get more of the inside view of everything mm. but I still think the movie is good also has one of the greatest openings in cinema history that slow motion montage of the Watchmen with Bob Dylan's uh, The Times Are Changing playing mm-hmm. in the background. One of the greatest just visual things I've ever seen. It is so fucking artistic and beautiful and awesome. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a fun little uh, Easter egg in that. Before we get into this article, just let me sure, yeah, yeah. There's this fun little Easter egg in that where uh, during the uh, montage... There's a part where the classic Night Owl, not the next Night Owl that Patrick Wilson plays, the, like the old man where he's in his like old school outfit where he kind of looks like Robin almost. Mm-hmm. And he's punching that guy who has a gun and like the gun goes off and that lights everything. That is outside of a movie theater. And you can see in the background, there is a 
husband and wife and their young son walking out of that movie no theater. Oh, that wow. is I never Martha that. and Thomas and Bruce. <laughs> so that's Night Owl is saving Bruce Wayne's parents. <laughs> so that's why there's no Batman in the Watchmen uh, universe because wow. Night Owl stopped it. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, let's get into this. Here. Yeah. This was a really good one, I thought. So. Yeah, this is this is called In Praise of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, which I think I'm going to agree with a lot more because mm-hmm. I was a big fan of the movie. So, This is from, uh, who wrote this? Uh, Miles Surrey. Miles Surrey? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it would be an understatement to describe Zack Snyder as a divisive filmmaker. <laughs> Fair. His most devoted fans treat Justice League's myth- mythological Snyder Cut with the kind of energy typically reserved for conspiracies about Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> which is a lot of effort to put into something that could be, at best, mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> but wherever you stand on the great Snyder debate, you will surely admit he takes comics seriously. Too seriously, a detractor could argue and can turn superhero adaptations into massive commercial hits even when critics are dunking on his work. I agree with this. Okay. Yeah. Batman versus Superman is in my view hot garbage, but there's no denying the power of an 873 million dollar box office haul. I agree with that. I I kind of look at how I, this is me reading the comic and this is just me talking. This is Zack here, guys. I've always kind of looked at Zack Snyder as sort of the smarter Michael Bay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Where it's like they're both very visually stimulating, very visually uh, fixated when it comes to movie making. Snyder can read something and understand what's going on mm-hmm. and care about storytelling. Where Michael Bay is just like, let's jam as many fucking explosions and Megan Fox titties as we can into this <laughs> film. They're like two sides of the same coin. But I far prefer Snyder. I, I'll, I'll watch any Snyder film over Michael Bay movie, except for maybe Bad Boys 1 or 2, because those are pretty fucking top-notch movies. They really are. Anyway, Zack is end. Back to the article. Back in 2009, Snyder wasn't yet a polarizing superhero auteur. I hate that word. <laughs> he had only two feature films to his name, a kinetic Dawn of the Dead remake. Fucking, by the way, fairly good remake. Mm-hmm. We'll point that out. Also has a great fucking music montage in it. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, with uh, Richard G's. Yep. <laughs> down with the segment is fucking great. Uh, and the shredded display of Hellenic abs known as 300. Also, pretty good fucking movie. Hell yeah. 300 is awesome. When he came out with Watchmen, the highly anticipated adaptation of Alan Moore and David Gibson's comic series, a TV series sequel from uh, Damon Lindelof arrived Sunday on HBO, exploring the Watchmen universe in the present day. Watchmen was long considered unadaptable. It was too sprawling, philosophical, nihilistic, and gruesome to be commercially viable. True. All very fair points. Yes, 100% true. And with one of the story's main characters being a blue, godlike figure who briefly immigrates to Mars, a movie couldn't exactly be made with jump change. (laughs) Also fair. Mm -hmm. Also, that same figure turns himself into three different things so that he can gangbang his own girlfriend, which is a weird point to put in any kind of movie. (laughs) It is those same qualities, however, that made Snyder the ideal shepherd to finally guide Watchmen to the big screen. A perfect pairing of art and artists that precipitated the bleak and since recalibrated foundation of the DC Extended Universe. Watchmen isn't quite a masterpiece, but because it brought out the best of its dour sensibilities, it's easily Snyder's best film. I think I would agree with that. I think it is probably Snyder's best film, honestly. 
Watchmen is really good. It is very good. I'm I'm really partial to 300, though. I really love 300 is a fucking great movie. It's kind of... It, uh, 300, you don't have to think about. That's just a fun action movie. Mm-hmm. Watchmen will make you think, though. That's true. Granted, every Watchmen is actually very good take requires some hedging and listing some of the film's inescapable flaws. I think I just did that for the last 20 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the grim musings of the masked sociopathic investigator Rorschach sometimes border on self-parody, which is the fucking point. <laughs> This awful city, it screams like an avatar full of retarded children, is doing the absolute most, and obviously not in a good way, which is the goddamn fucking point. <laughs> yes, Dr. Manhattan's blue CGI penis is distracting. It really is. Fair. And has nearly as much screen time as Ozymane Dias. That is also true. <laughs> oh, did you ever hear the story about that they pulled in, like, they pulled several women who worked at the production company to find out what the best penis would look like no. for that, by the way? Nice. Yeah. Because the whole point is that, like, he's built himself into, like, an Adonis to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So they pulled, like, the, like, 40 women who worked in the office of what the best per- uh, penis would, would look like and then modeled his CGI penis off of that, which is fucking <laughs> fantastic, by the way. Uh, yes, some of the performances are terrible. Apologies to Malin Ackerman. Yes, the unintentionally hilarious Night Owl Silk Spectre sex scene set to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah should be doused in, ga- in gasoline. <laughs> I mean, she she did her best with what she had. They didn't give a lot of the backstory for Silk Spectre for her to mean anything. Yeah, And yeah, that whole like uh, fire bursting out of uh, the Night Owl ship while he comes inside of her thing was a little odd. Yeah. <laughs> but if you watch it back again now, it's kind of funny. <laughs> but for Snyder, who likes to infuse superhero stories with biblical undertones and expose the problems inherent in treating anyone like a god, like Henry Cavill's pensive Superman and Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. Oh, is that what he was going for? I didn't get it. He was so subtle with the imagery <laughs> in those that I'd, I'd never understood. Shit, now I feel stupid. <laughs> Sarcasm. Watchmen provided a goldmine of resonant material. Dr. Manhattan was perhaps the quintessential Snyder muse. In a world of heroes, Dr. Manhattan is the only character in Watchmen with actual superpowers. Ones that make him wade through the world and its problems like somebody playing a video game with all the cheat codes unlocked. <laughs> He's so godlike, an incomplete list of his powers include the ability to manipulate matter, telekinesis, teleportation, limited clairvoyance, and possible immortality. Actually, I'm pretty sure it's immortality, because he's already died once. Then he just puts himself back together. That he struggles to still register as human. An emotional detachment that Billy Crudup handles with solemn pathos. By the way, that is true. The guy doing the voice for Dr. Manhattan through the whole movie does that fucking uh, fantastically. Mm -hmm. It's a little wonder that Dr. Manhattan and Rorschach, the perfect avatar for Snyder's affinity for ultraviolence, elevated by an excellent Jackie Earl Haley, also true, are the film's most fully realized characters. True to the comic, Dr. Manhattan does exile himself to Mars, considering leaving mankind behind to destroy itself via nuclear Armageddon while he builds his own world. The Mars scenes evoke genuine beauty and wonder, compelling evidence for Snyder zealots that this dude is capable of creating spectacular imagery. The best parts of the film warrant top billing on a reel of the 
auteur's greatest hits alongside the film's opening credits. Thank you. Which compress Watchmen's alt history, including Dr. Manhattan's intervention in the Vietnam War. That is pretty fucking funny. Mm -hmm. The comedian's responsibility for assassinating JFK. And Richard Nixon's third term into the space of Bob Dylan's The Times They Are Changing. I swear to God, I didn't read this article before we started reading this, guys. I promise you. (laughs) I mean, what a fucking intro, man. We just rewatched the Watchmen intro again. I mean, come on. It's so well done. And just yeah. v- it, in terms of visual storytelling, the little things that they show, tiny shit. And the is, things that they don't show. That too. It, 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 it's amazing. And that is, I mean, to say that fucking Zack Snyder doesn't know how to make movies. Suck my cock. You're a fucking idiot. Anyway, sorry. I always get excited about that. I fuck, That's one of my favorite intros to any movie ever. Mm-hmm. And it always makes me happy. So going back to the article here. When Watchmen debuted a decade ago, the initial reception, commercially and critically, can be broadly described as mixed. Came in a world that didn't yet foresee just how dominant and ubiquitous the superhero genre would become. Largely, the superhero shift is a product of two hugely influential films that preceded Watchmen in 2008, The Dark Knight and Iron Man. The former, from Christopher Nolan, instigated the first real push to take superhero movies seriously as award players. The latter kickstarted the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thanks for that. That was before Disney. You can't be that mad at it. Yeah, but now it's led to it. So, I mean, come on. It's like a, it's you kinda, like Iron Man. Come I, on. I do. Actually, it's a really good movie. Both, in turn, push superhero movies toward becoming the defining blockbusters of our time. Watchmen's cinematic legacy, meanwhile, isn't defined by thematic successors as much as it is a reminder that the superhero genre can be deconstructed through a cynical, contemptuous lens when the opportunity presents itself. Like, well, in the year 2019. (laughs) (laughs) The sheer abundance of comic book IP based media nowadays has led to superhero counter-programming like The Boys. Another call. The Amazon, yeah, another graphic novel, by the way. The Amazon series based on the Garth Ennis, one of the greatest writers of all time, comic that paints superheroes as vapid cogs in a corporate machine. The Boys' cynical take on superheroes is a breath of fresh air, but the reason the show is so effective is also its reason for being. Superheroes have gone mainstream. Like The Boys, Snyder's Watchmen is a nihilist dystopia where would-be heroes don masks and spandex to indulge violent impulses carry on a family legacy, or become famous. The spirit of saving people feels like a secondary concern, which is, I mean, I think something I've yelled about on this podcast for the last year. (laughs) (laughs) Revisiting Watchmen in 2019, and with HBO's Watchmen just around the corner, the film feels less provocative and more like a welcome change of pace from the MCU's crowd-pleasing corporate synergy. And unlike Joker... Watchmen's nihilism and R-rated violence is there to make a point. Hell, even the film's Cold War paranoia suddenly feels prescient for um reasons. <laughs> By the way, I just want to point out, and unlike Joker... So again, I have not seen the Joker movie yet. Everything I hear people bitching about is exactly what I said was going to suck about it three months ago before that fucking movie dropped. Maybe I'm Ozymandias. Maybe I am the smartest fucking man on the world, because none of you get me. <laughs> Ultimately, what stops Watchmen from attaining true greatness, aside from the the cringeworthy sex scene, let's <laughs> let's call it sex scenes, because that whole gang banging fucking Malin Ackerman uh, with 
three of your own clones is a little odd, too, <laughs> is the fact that Snyder can't help himself. As 300 proved, the guy has a good eye for action, and he loves presenting epic moments in slow motion. True. Slow-mo is to Snyder what big-ass explosions are to Michael Bay. I did not read this beforehand. <laughs> I, know. I fucking promise. <laughs> In 300, the overzealous energy complemented the absurd machismo of Frank Miller's source material. Conversely, in Watchmen, we are made to revel in violence rather than reflect on it as more intended. Fair. Though in fairness, scenes like Rorschach's prison escape do in fact rip. That is a fucking, that is a fucking badass scene, though. Mm -hmm. But for all the film's flaws, Watchmen works more often than it doesn't. It isn't a totally faithful adaptation of Moore's graphic novel but it could be the best possible outcome on a blockbuster scale. Certainly there was enough promise in Snyder's vision for the film that Warner Brothers let him be the driving force behind the DCEU. Of course, that didn't work out for this studio or for the auteur who doubled down on his worst impulses. <laughs> but if Snyder's superhero legacy were tied to Watchmen more than to what he did with the DCEU, it wouldn't be such a bad thing. Watchmen is pretty good, and if he ever released a Snyder Cut omitting that sex scene, perhaps it might even be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you were starting to talk and you brought up the <laughs> Dylan song and the Michael Bay reference, I was like, oh my god. Oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> I honestly did read this. Me and Miles Surrey here just apparently have very similar thoughts on the <laughs> Watchmen film. And I, I honestly, I think it's a really good flick. I don't, I don't know why, why people hate on it. I think... They just because they love to hate on Zack Snyder now, and yeah. they just go back and attack and I, everything that he ever. I did. just don't know why, because I mean, he's only made a couple of bad movies. Yeah, I mean, let's see, what are some of those where Sucker Punch was? Was that bad or just creepy? I'm not sure how to call that one. I'm not sure either. I actually, that, like, because the end of that movie, the girl just gets gang raped by all those dudes, right? While the I other mean, guy, I, like, I while the sure. other chick escapes. Could be. I've I mean, never actually seen it. So. I think that's what happens. That's pretty fucked. And then. um... Man of Steel was uh, a little heavy-handed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it a terrible flick. I'd say it was a little heavy-handed and a little uh, predictable, I guess is the best word to put it. Also, he does have fucking um, Superman rip that dude's head off at the end. Yeah, which that's is, all I was going to say. That so I guess technically at all, not yeah. predictable, yeah. <laughs> but still. And then Batman versus Superman, I actually... Except for the shitty ending, I kind of liked some of that movie, to be honest with you. It has its moments. It has some cool... It has some great Batman moments in the beginning, where, like, he comes back, and, like, they're almost doing, like, kind of a Dark Knight Returns sort of, like, f feel to it. And, like, even the bat suit kind of is almost a throwback to the Dark Knight Returns with the whole, you know, like, kind of a darker gray, and Batman's more, you know, kind of jacked and grizzled, kind of mm -hmm. looks like that. And with, like... Those ladies who are in the cage and they won't open the door because they're afraid that the Batman's still there and, like, he's scary. That was kind of cool. That whole fucking Martha bullshit pissed me the fuck off, and I hated that. Yeah. And then whatever and the Paul fuck... Paul Doomsday into it, I think, was still a mistake, That was too. a mistake. That was the same mistake we were just talking about with Spider-Man 3 about an hour ago. Where it was just, you're throwing in an extra villain for no fucking reason. Just let those yeah. two fight. Like, you got Batman and Superman fighting each other. You literally called it Batman versus Superman. There is no need to put Doomsday in this flick. Let those two fight. Yeah. And then, again, speaking of the studio interfering, like, Justice League can't all be his fault. That's why so many people were, you know, wanting to get the Snyder Cut from it. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Because the, the ideas that he had were not what ended up being in the movie. I haven't seen the Snyder Cut on that. I need to check they, it I mean, out. he hasn't released it. They, oh, okay. That's yeah. what everybody's 
like trying it's to like visit, begging for. Yeah, they're petitioning well, the studio I've, to try to release it. I heard the Snyder cut for is it Batman vs Superman? I think he has a Snyder yeah. cut for. I've heard that one's actually pretty good. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either because I've I've only seen Batman vs Superman once. Okay, there were parts of it I really liked. It definitely looked like he was doing his typical thing of taking comic books seriously. There was definitely a lot of Dark Knight returns in that movie, mm-hmm. which is not a problem with me. One of my favorite Batman stories of all time because it's the greatest ass kicking he ever gives Superman. Batman's given Superman plenty of ass kickings because Superman is Batman's bitch and we all know it. The Dark Knight Returns Superman ass kicking, probably the best Superman ass kicking that Batman's ever handed out. There is nothing better than that line after he gets hit with the aerosol kryptonite. And then he just like, so now Superman is basically human at this point. And Batman is jacked up on amphetamines and has like basically the power armor. And now he's just beating him into the fucking concrete. And he's like, how does it feel, Clark? How does it feel to be human? To live like us? Just remember, I went easy on you. A stronger bonding agent, more of a concentration, and I could have killed you. Remember this. Remember the man who beat you the next time you want to get in my way. Like, that is the most, that's one of the greatest things ever fucking written. Especially as a Batman fan. Where it's just like, he has Superman right there. And he could break his one rule right then. Fucking end Superman. Let everyone know that he is the fucking god king of this motherfucking planet, if need be. But he refuses, because he's got fucking work to do. And it's way better for him, as a defeat... To beat Superman and let him live. Superman wants him to kill him almost. Because then he doesn't have to live with it. It's way better for him to know that Superman has to live for the rest of his life. Knowing that just a normal human fucking took him down. And then spared him. Not out of, uh, you know, fear. Not out of mercy. Out of pity. To remind you of who the fucking man is here. Don't get in my fucking way beautiful some of the greatest writing of all time i'm trying to think how to transition this to questions and i can't think of anything so i'm just sitting okay, there that's, silent. A, that's enough of zach's batman masturbation sorry guys <laughs> i apologize uh yeah no I'm, i might have to give uh the snyder cut of batman versus superman to uh watch because i haven't seen that and i've only seen the theatrical the theatrical version once so i don't really re- remember it all that well i just remember the fun throwbacks to dark knight returns because i was just like hell yeah fucking love that comic that's what's up let's talk about that and then i'm like trying to talk to some random guy sitting next to me in the movie theater <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway i guess uh it's enough comics we're out of topics i think it's time for us to call in the queen of questions and let's listen to some listener questions okay is she asleep queen of questions do you right. mind please oh the queen of questions has decreed that we will take a break before these questions Hey, yo. Okay, let uh, us all bend the knee. Mm. The queen of questions is here. Hi, friends. All right, so the first question is from Richard Robinson at Gotham Knight 06 Excellent on Twitter. Name. If we were to discover a planet that could sustain life, what would you like to see inhabiting it? Alternatively, what would make you nope the fuck out? Okay. Mm. Excellent question. Thank uh-huh. you, Richard. Uh, let's see, what would I like to see inhabit it? Uh, all of the hot alien races from Mass Effect, mm-hmm. I think, is what I would like. So, just the Liari? No. Yeah. 
That's the Asari. Liara is her name, but nice try. Nerd. I may be tipsy. <laughs> nice try, idiot. <laughs> no, because we all know the hottest race in Mass Effect is... Humans. Uh, no, it's Tally. And they are... Uh, fuck, what is it? God damn Quarian. it. Yeah, the Quarians. Because they got fucking super awesome hips and a cute Russian accent. The cybernetics, though, man. It's just, I don't know. They're not cybernetic. They are. She has a robot voice. Yeah, that's because of the voice thing in her. She's totally like a person. The thing is, she's wearing mm-hmm. a, a, oh. an, a like uh, environmental suit because because she's weak. Because they are a race that lives on weak. on spaceships, so they don't have um, really good uh, uh, um, immune systems, aka weak. Because their air is super like purified all the time, mm. and in fact, that's the way that quarians show like trust to each other and like uh like uh intimacy mm-hmm. is if, if it's two quarians they connect their suits to each other so that both of their antibodies so yeah. they like they That's get hot. a little sick at first and then they become immune to each other yeah and it's a beautiful i would watch thing. that porn all day it's a fucking beautiful oh, thing she's, yeah. she's willing to get like sick just to be with you that's how much in love with you that she is and the fact that you're not into tally Makes me so angry. She is clearly the best romantic choice. Yeah. See, that's my note. Mass Effect. If I see Quarians, fuck that planet. No. I mean, if I find some fucking... Oh, if I find some Quarians, what's up? Yeah. Although, I mean, you know, I'll I'll tap some uh, Saris as well. I got nothing against that. Although, technically, Asaris are, like, mentally raping you. Because mm-hmm. they look... I'm fine with that. They just look attracted to you. They're using, like, low-level... Uh, telepathy to make you find them attractive. Perception's all key, man. Because Solarians uh, think that Asaris look like Solarians. Uh, Krogans think Asaris look like Krogans. Humans think Asaris look like humans. Mm-hmm. That's, Human-esque. That's actually part of the uh, canon. Mm-hmm. It's like this low-level kind of thing. Because the Asaris are a fully female race, so they have to like find a male to be mated with. So like they use like. Well, oh, they level. found one. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure they did. So they find out they, they use their little level tele- telepathy to mm. look attractive, so that they can get laid, so they can have another daughter. Which I'm, I'm not against. I mean, yeah. I put Liara as like number. Mm, I'd say probably number two for Mass Effect mm-hmm. love interest as a straight male. You know what else I want though on this planet is giraffes. Giraffes. Yeah, they're majestic. It's it's a planet. Anything can be on it. You're going with giraffes. Yeah, that's an funny. animal you can see 40 minutes down the road in fucking St. Louis at a zoo. Yeah, but I'd have to go there. This would be a whole planet of them. They'd be running everywhere, eating trees. You'd have to go there too to see it. No, I'm just gonna give me a now. different answer. Don't give me giraffes. You got something better. What do you want to see on this planet? Well, women also. I mean, that's fine. Okay, hot, ch- hot green painted chicks like 1960s Star Trek. Sure. Hell yeah. Yeah. That'd be fair. Be cool with that. No, but seriously, give give me another answer. I'm not taking giraffes. They're cool though. Yeah. I don't know. What's an exotic animal? Does it have to be real? No. It's literally the whole point of the question. It's not even animal, just what would you like to see inhabiting it? Oh. Um alcohol. I mean inhabiting implies life. Uh, a million people Oh wait. A million sentient beings who find me hilarious and want nothing to do but to listen to this podcast. <laughs> I mean, I guess that benefits me, so I can't argue against that. You make some money, Doc. What about you? I'm going to keep thinking here for a second. 
Go ahead and list some things you don't want. Xenomorphs. Ooh, that's a good one. It's pretty much number one on anything. Yeah. Or whatever the thing was. I don't know if we ever got a name for it. I don't think so. Yeah, definitely don't want one of those. And uh, I guess just keeping with the theme, uh, Predators as well. I'd rather not find Predators there. So, yeah, there you go. Xenomorphs, the thing, or Predator. Yeah. Or Archive of Goldsman. We don't want him there. That is also true. He ruined the Dark Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, what about the Dark Tower? What if that's there? That'd be nice. I mean, I, I Nexus don't. of all worlds. I mean, do, do field we, of roses. Do we want to find that? Yeah, part of our quest, man. You want to start this all over again? Yeah, and we're just barely now getting good at podcasts. You want to well, start doing them all over again? By the time we find this planet, it's going to be a while. We're going to be like <laughs> seven hundred episodes by then. I don't know if I'm like uh, enough of a true gunslinger to make it to the tower. I think you are. It might just be like, you know, there's hot alien chicks and uh, booze over here, so you go find that tower, Varble. I'll see you later, pal. You know what? Hmm. Speaking of the dark tower, we need Billy Bumbler's buddy. That's the animal I want. That's the answer. That is fair. Yeah, 100%. Billy Bumbler's for sure. Definitely want one of those. You're never leaving that planet. Fuck no. That's all I'm going to do is hang out with them. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, the, the next dog I get, I'm going to 100% name it Oi. Oh, yeah? 1,000. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Billy Bumblers, though. Great answer. Some people might not get that answer. If they don't, read the fucking Dark Tower and stop being an asshole. <laughs> so did I redeem myself then? Yeah. Okay. But now tell me what you don't want to see. Hmm. Probably Zach. <laughs> A whole planet of me's? Yeah. Ooh, that would be That'd awesome. be awful. That would be amazing. I couldn't take it. I'd have so much fun. How would that planet work? I don't think it would. It would just self-destruct. No, what are you talking about? If Zack gets along with anybody, it's Zack's. Mm. When we ever fight? When you're drunk. And you'd always be drunk. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but somebody's going to be making that booze. <laughs> so one of them's going to be rich as fuck. Yeah, that's true. The only problem is that Emma could never go to that planet. Hmm. They just fucking grab her and make her like the god queen of the entire planet. I mean, maybe she'd be into that. You don't know. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. She's barely a fan of me. I doubt she's going to want an entire planet of me's. It could be a little much. I don't know. Can I I change my answer to what I want as a planet full of Zacks? Because that sounds awesome. Take over this whole fucking world. And we'll just reach out across the stars. Like the fucking... uh, Warhammer who's started taking shit to be ours forever. Mm. It'd be awesome. I could run it though because I'm the I'm the epitome of Zach. I'm the first Zach, the ultra Zach. So they're gonna listen to me. Okay. Because they're gonna agree with everything I say. And argue with everything you say. Yeah, and if they argue, I'll fucking smack them one. That's what they're gonna say. Teach so them a fucking smack you. lesson. Oh, I dare. I know all their moves. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think we killed that one. Either way, you were both wrong. What should inhabit a fucking planet, ideally, is a bunch of BTTs. Big titty tieflings. Big titty teeth. Okay. Obviously. That's fair. Alright, the second question <laughs> is from Brent Smith. Wait, hang on. What would you not want on that planet, babe? Mosquitoes, duh. Oh, I thought she was going to say Zach's. Not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> Kinda. 
Uh, next question is from Brent Smith at Brent Smith four one one. Yeah, yeah, Brent. That's our boy. Very good. Okay. Original OG Brent. Go ahead. If you could bring one TV show back from the dead for one last season and be guaranteed that it wouldn't suck more balls than a gay leech, what show would you revive? Firefly. Yeah, I was about to. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even let her finish. Firefly. Firefly. I mean, same though. Knew the answer is because same. Firefly, hundred percent Firefly. I mean, that wasn't even hard. Firefly. I don't have to worry about it. Second, it's gonna be amazing. It's Firefly. It's awesome. What about you, buddy. You're not even that big of a Wheaton fan, though. No, but I'm a huge fucking uh, Nathan Fillion fan, and Firefly is one of the better shows ever made. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. That's part of the reason I'm not a Whedon fan, is that the shows that he made that I didn't like got fucking super popular, and the one he made that I thought was amazing fucking got killed off in one season. It's bullshit. It's really not even his fault, technically, but still. I think Buffy sucks, and I think Firefly's amazing. Okay. I mean, mine's pretty easy, too, if you know me. Give me more Ash vs. Evil Dead, man. Fair. I thought they wrapped it up pretty well, though. I mean, it's a cliffhanger still. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I haven't gotten all the way through the end. Oh, yet, okay. So, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay, that's that. That's fair. That's a close second. There's, there's still more stories to tell. I know he doesn't want to, but... Yeah. I can see that. What about The Apprentice? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're living it, so... <laughs> yeah, but it sucks. This is guaranteed. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. So we could change it for the better. Stop it. Yeah, Cut okay. that. That was too okay. political. Yep. That doesn't count. Nope. I don't know. Yeah, let's see. Something else... Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely Firefly for, for first. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I got another one. That's not like total fanboy, just a show that I really appreciated. And mm-hmm. I, I could definitely see another season of it coming out now. It's been sitting long enough, and I think they could make it work, especially if we've got the benefit of it not sucking. Magnum P.I. Close. <laughs> the Shield. Ooh, The Shield was good. Yeah? That is a good show. That was a really good show. Mm-hmm. And you could very easily pick up, you know, what Vic Mackey's been doing the last oh, few years. Sure. Like you, yeah. could, you, could, you could pick that back up. Could I say 24, but if, if you guarantee this season doesn't suck, can we take away, the, like, the last two seasons that did suck? Hopefully. Does that, like, And you're bringing count? Kiefer back, right? You're not keeping oh, that course. kid from redemption or Of whatever. course Kiefer's coming back. Okay. The first three seasons of 24 are amazing. I'd even go, I'd go four. Four is good. I yeah. wouldn't call it amazing. Okay. The first three is amazing television. Yeah. Fourth one is good. And then problems start to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so just just give me a fifth season of 24 and make it good. Like, mm. and, that's, and, and that's just the it. We'll just like end it there. Yeah, let's think of something else that had a bad ending that we'd want to like rewrite. Mm, I don't know. What's a, what's a show that had a terrible ending that recently ended here soon? Mm-hmm. That uh, made me angry and I yelled about it on the podcast for a while. I'm sure there's something. It's out there. Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, that's what I was going for. Definitely Embos because I wasn't even thinking that. So. Oh, did you not? <laughs> yeah, I was just not I picking up what you was going for. No, no, no. Season eight sucked complete. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's got to be something. You're right. That, that makes sense. So, like, <laughs> season eight of Game of Thrones put an extra fucking bone in me because, mm-hmm. like, I defended season seven. You really did. I did. A lot. Because I was like, I mean, these guys have been telling good stories for six years now, or for mm-hmm. six seasons now. It was like eight years, but six seasons. They told a good story for six seasons. This one is like, they they went shorter episodes. That's fine. They're setting everything up. And then I was just 100% completely wrong. 
which makes season seven suck even more. And yeah. season eight is one of the worst seasons in, in television. And um, I honestly, it was so, season eight of Game of Thrones is so bad, I can't rewatch Game of Thrones now. I mean, someday you will. I watch the older episodes and I get angry or depressed and I'm like, oh yeah, well, yeah, that's a cool line, but it comes back to me nothing. Like it's never going to come back again. So what's the fucking point? I mean, you're, you're still too close to it. Give it some time. You'll, you'll be able to go back. It's not going to happen. See, that, that's the problem is that I was too close to it. I was a huge Game of Thrones fanboy, and then they fucking pissed in my mouth. Gotcha. Oh, let me answer this question for Emma real quick. Oh. Salem. Did it get canceled? I thought it was still on. I have not seen the last season, so I don't know if that needs another season or not. Yeah, but they didn't know they were getting ended, so you know they didn't get to wrap up everything. I thought they did. I thought you said they didn't. I don't. You told me that they didn't. I have no idea. She lies to you a lot, you know that. She does. Yeah, whenever she's like, I've been faithful. I was just hanging out with my friends last night. Yeah. Where did my hall pass? So is Ellis. And Jason Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> you hear about that. It's true. She wouldn't be able to stop talking about it. That is it true. Yeah, no. She, you would, she you would, would tweet it while it, while yeah, it was happening. Yeah, you'd be Snapchatting. Yeah, go check this shit out, guys. Mm-hmm. She's just blo- like, getting a load, like just yogurt thrown on her face. <laughs> It's like Tricks the Rabbit. <laughs> what does that have to do with it? There was a Tricks yogurt for a little bit in the 90s. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Yeah, you better wrap this up. Yeah, I don't think there's any more TV shows to talk about. But I can think of off the top of my head. If I think of another one, I'll tweet it. Okay. Um, seriously, guys, thanks for the questions. Brent, yeah. excellent job. Uh, Richard? Well done, sir. Uh, I believe that was your first question. Welcome to the club, pal. And he had one another time. Did he have one another time? Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't usually remember these recordings. So. He was the one that gave us uh, like a crossover. We had to cross over two different movies or two different oh, TV shows. Okay. Right on. I think I kind of remember that. I'm usually drinking pretty heavy during these, so I don't remember a lot of them. That's very true. It always makes the listening to the recording later kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Like I don't remember what I said, so it's, oh, kinda, okay. it, it's a good time. Well, it's heavily edited. So. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll gift you like the uh, the uncut, like all of my. Yeah. Like, no, the, you'll get the varble cut. Me. You don't get the Snyder cut. You'll get the varble cut. <laughs> the varble cut. No, that's what we'll send out to all the, the listeners. We'll just send like a here's a, a four and a half hour long montage of all the shit I've cut that Zach has said. <laughs> It's just, just you yelling just, about Batman, basically. Just, just drunkenly like, and then I draw. I can't even keep my head up while I'm talking on the mic. <laughs> be amazing. Uh, I can never run for president. Uh, anyway, though, thanks for the questions, those guys. Appreciate that. Amazing. Keep them coming. We love questions. We love comments. We love reviews. We love roasts. Like, make fun of us, even. We're going to read anything on the air. We do not give a a fuck. We think all of it's funny. And with those uh, said things I just mentioned, you can send that uh, Varble's Twitter if you got something nice to say. Hmm. Yeah, that is America's Sweetheart. That's why it's been so quiet. True. Yeah. He is at Big Guy ACV. You uh, send all his, like, send all your nice shit to him. He's a nice guy. He deserves the nice things. Um, and then all your mean roast and terrible things, mm-hmm. send that to me. All the shit post. All the shit. Po- oh, oh, Zach loves shit post, Doc. Uh, you send that to me. I am America's failed comedian. You will find me on Twitter at Melch knows best. M e l c h knows best. 
yeah, and you cannot hurt my feelings because I don't have them. So give me your worst, bros. I don't care. And then send anything in the middle there, questions and all that, at the A2Z show, the number two. We also have a uh, email for the show. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm oh. almost positive because I'm pretty sure it's on my phone. Okay. It's uh, a2zshow.ask at gmail.com. We will read anything online. We think it's hilarious. Hope you guys had a lot of fun. I know I did. Always love podcasting. Hope you had fun, buddy. It was a good time. I would say this was a good, decent episode. I think so. Give a big shout out to the Queen of Questions. Thank you so much, Queen of Questions. Uh, you and my queen. I don't want it. My queen. That being said, I think every one of you is valid and wonderful and beautiful. As long as you don't like Superman. Other than that, we're good. I think we're friends. So <laughs> I'm kidding. You can like Superman. I don't give a fuck. But seriously, guys, uh, love you guys. Thanks for listening. You are all the best. Uh, we will see you next week. And go out there. Let's make some mistakes. What do you say? Sure. Let's go Blues. <laughs>